Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Mid-America. You know, recently I have read some, what I think are some pretty disturbing statistics about our churches. Uh, The first is this, 95% of all Christians have never won a soul to Christ. 80% of all Christians do not consistently witness for Christ. I thought this was significant. 47% of millennials believe sharing your faith is wrong. 63% of the leadership of one denomination studied did not lead someone to Jesus in the last two years. And then this last one, and I I want you all as pastors to hear this, 96% of these same leaders from this denomination believe their churches would have grown faster if they would have been more involved in evangelism. There is no wonder why evangelism or lack thereof in our churches and among our pastors and leaders is a major reason why so many churches are plateaued or declining in America. Uh, Today, as we continue to think through uh, the series of different marks of a healthy church, uh, we want to discuss in this episode the issue of evangelism and specifically need-oriented evangelism. We're defining need-oriented evangelism as evangelism that isn't pushy or manipulative in the way that they share the gospel. Rather, the secret is to share the gospel in a way that meets the questions and needs of those who don't yet know Christ. So to help us in our discussion today, I am pleased to welcome Walter Angelica. Walter is pastor of Iglesia Ciudad, a multi-campus congregation that began in Jacksonville, Florida, and is now uh, preparing and is launching, I think, in Orlando. He'll tell us about that in a second. Uh, Walter is passionate personally to see people come to know Jesus. And he's developed within his church a culture of this need-oriented evangelism. And so I am excited to welcome Walter today as he encourages us in this important subject. So Walter, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Brian, for inviting me to to your podcast. Um, Thank you for your audience. Um, Hopefully you can get my accent. Um, we can send you uh, a transcript of this podcast at the end if you subscribe <laughs> and share. Uh, but it's a pleasure for me to, to be with you to talk about this super important subject. Well, as, as, we, as we talked about before we started, you know, you've really hit the big time now that you're on the advanced podcast. I mean, come on now. It's the big time for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm getting there. So super, super excited, man. Well, hey, uh, what we like to do to start, because uh, I am super glad that you're here, is uh, I know you could talk a long time about sort of your story, your your testimony of who you are. and uh, But give me and give our listeners the two-minute Walter Angelica story. Well, uh, two minutes. Um, I'm an Argentinian. Uh, grew up in this beautiful country in South America. Um, I, become, I became one of the first international students for Logos University here in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida. I graduated and married a beautiful, wonderful wife. I have three kids. I was a production manager for the university. We created Universidad Cristiana Logos. I've done a lot of things, um, but um, actually I found out that my tribe is uh, church planting, so we have been mm-hmm planting churches for different organizations for years. And the last adventure took place 10 years ago. 
and here we are 10 years later, uh, three campuses. Um, and we, we're excited. We are clueless. Uh, we have a really um, particular call for the, our Latino community, and we are reaching not only our Latino community, but also the next generation uh, of Latinos in this country, and we're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about you, Walter, is you dream big. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, I remember uh, you saying to me when we first met that your dream is uh, to uh, plant a thousand uh, churches. Uh, you know, what, what if we could plant a thousand churches in Florida? <laughs> no. uh, and uh, uh, I love that sort of idea. This, uh, this, this, what, what if, right? What if God yep, could do yep. something amazing in our midst? And, amen, amen. and, and we know when we talk about that, we're not trying to just move Christians around to different places. Uh, we know that there are tons and tons of lost people. And so we plant churches so that we might reach lost people uh, with the good news. And so I've entitled this podcast, Need-Oriented Evangelism. And as I shared in the in the intro, uh, it's, it's really evangelism that is focused on meeting the questions and the needs of those who don't know Christ. And so what I want to ask you right out of the gate as we begin is what... It's, we're really talking about effective evangelism versus ineffective evangelism. And, and so sure. what, what differentiates, in your mind, effective evangelism from ineffective evangelism? Uh, first of all, I'm not an expert. Um, actually, people normally call me to talk about um, all those t- subjects. Evangelism uh, is now the strongest. Um, but I do believe that we, although we are not, uh, necessarily have the gift of evangelism, the Bible telling us that we have to do the work of an evangelist. Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised by, I'm not surprised by the uh, statistic that you share, um, but um, I see that in our churches. Um, I would like to add this to your um, uh, statistics. Three out of four people believe in heaven, but only one out of three people believe in hell. So wow. Yeah. No wondering our churches yeah. are en- empty, our chairs are empty. Um, we have a big dream to reach 1,000 people, build 100 leaders uh, through three different campuses. Um, and the only way we can do that is through uh, creating a culture. And that's a word that I love to um, talk about because I believe every church has a different culture. I, and although I'm a Latino, I'm not talking about the ethnicity, I'm talking about uh, the predominant um, culture or tendency of each church. Uh, we want to yeah. create a culture. We want to cultivate a culture of multiplication, for example, in our church. We, we believe in multiplication and growth. Uh, every organism that is healthy needs to grow in some capacity. But you cannot grow uh, or have a culture of multiplication without a culture of discipleship. And we, you cannot have a culture of discipleship unless you have a culture of evangelism. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we have to build the three uh, cultures simultaneously. And we are super good, and I have to talk about ourselves first, and mm-hmm. about the uh, attraction model. We really know how to attract people in, but it's super difficult to send people out. And in other words, it's like... Uh, um, come and see, time and scenario, but it's so hard to go and do. So it, yeah. it's so hard for us to mobilize um, our congregation, even talk about evangelism, because to be honest with you, most of the pastors that I know, 
they haven't shared the good news outside the context right. of the churches, uh, other than close the deal on Sunday after you you invite people to uh, people's heart. But I think it's more complicated than than that, and that's um, that's one of the challenges that we have as a church: and mobilize people out, bring people into community, so we can also invite them to 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 be part of the mission. <clears throat> so it, it's a great conversation, and I know. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be able to cover all the aspects, but I believe creating a culture of evangelism within the church uh, is one of the answers that our church needs. You said a really important thing at the at the beginning of what you shared, and that is this difference between the gift of evangelism and the call to evangelism. Um, I, I, I think I, I talk to churches all the time and I talk to church leaders. You know, they always want to hire a pastor who's an evangelist. And, mm-hmm. and, and the reason they do that is because they want the pastor to do the work of evangelism. Right. They want to outsource the responsibility. That's right. One of our responsibilities, like, like you just said, as a Christian is to share our faith. Whether we have that gift or not, God is in charge of the results. We all know that pastorally, but we get in this trap of sort of feeling like, oh, I don't have that gift, so therefore it's not my responsibility. Or we're unconsciously communicating that to our people. And so I think it's so important to just not only remind ourselves as pastors, but remind your people that our job is to do the work of sharing the story of what Christ has done in our lives. And uh, and I, I do think that, that there is this real issue in our churches that we don't have this culture, like you're talking about, of making evangelism a priority. And so these statistics I shared at, at the beginning, um, it, it, you know, there's no wonder that 85% of churches in America are plateaued or, or declining. If, if I take the temperature of evangelism in those churches, I guarantee it's not very high. And so we have to be serious about that. What do you think's happening? What's, what's happening in America that we're not sharing our faith, that, that, that we, we don't believe in hell, as you shared earlier? What, what in the world is happening, and how do we change that culture in our churches? Uh, well, um, in order to get the conversation going, uh, I'd like to make a distinction between evangelism and discipleship. Uh, evangelism is sharing what we know, and discipleship is sharing who we are. And I believe in order to create a, a culture of discipleship, we have to merge both. Somehow we separate it. Uh, That's good. Saying, hey, I, I, I share with you what I know, and you you repeat after me, and we close the deal. But I, I, I would like to use a term here in our church. I don't know if it even exists. It's called evangel discipleship. It's, hmm. it's, 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 a, it's something that is a combo. It's something that you combine into two. For whatever reason, we decided to separate it, evangelism and discipleship. And I think we, in order to be effective, in order to create a, an effective culture of evangelism, we cannot, number one, outsource the responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to bring everyone into the mission, starting with the church, uh, with the pastors, starting with us. So I believe we have to merge both. Uh, because I heard all the excuses all the time. Yeah. Uh, um, y- you know, we don't want to impose our beliefs in someone else. It's super millennial, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's too much work, or um, I'm going to let the pros do the work. And again, it's our responsibility. And this is the greatest one. You know, this is not my spiritual gift. I'm more like a teacher type of yeah. guy, or I'm the prophet, or I'm the pastor. I'm not the evangelist. Right. And I'm... 
and I'm not the evangelist, trust me. Um, I know people that don't go to bed unless they share the gospel. Those are the gifts of evangelism. I mean, right. they, those people are going to Walmart, and they, they take the longest line in order yeah. to share the, the gospel with someone. That's the gift of evangelism. And trust me, I avoid people. I never go to Walmart, um, <laughs> so I don't have the gift. Yeah, but the reality is that we are called to do the work of the evangelists, uh, and and it's not that I'm, I believe that this is the scripture. Say, I mean, this is the podcast. Probably we don't talk about scripture, but Second Timothy chapter four, I believe, says, you know, do the work of the evangelists. Um, it, it's our responsibility. Although you have the the gift of teaching. Uh, you're not an evangelist, but you have to do the work of the evangelist. So uh, I think we need to start overcoming all the obstacles that we have uh, as a church and simply do the work of the evangelist. That's good. That's good. You know, one of the uh, one, one of the things that struck me in those statistics I read was this idea that 96% of leadership believed that their churches would have grown faster if they would have been more involved in evangelism. And it it's such a duh sort of thing. Of course, of course, that's true. But we we aren't, we are not doing a good job in general as pastors and leaders practicing what we preach. And I, I think it's one of the reasons we don't share with our congregation the need to do evangelism is because we see the fingers pointed at ourselves and we're not doing the work. And so why are we going to feel more guilty by telling our people to do something we're not going to do? And mm-hmm. so um, how, how do we, what, what are some ways as pastors that we can, we can put that evangelism hat on and saying, hey, we need to be sharing our faith and we can say all we want. Yeah, but we spend all our time with church people and we don't have time to do that. That is an excuse. And so how do we do that? How as pastors do we get into the evangelism game that we're expecting our people to be a part of? Well, first of all, I think um, creating the culture. Again, I'm, I'm using the term culture because it's something you cultivate. You, you, you work for a long period of time and you get it into the DNA of the church. It's something that is expected, is celebrated, is intentional, is, is celebrated, is, is visual. Um, so it's something that you work on the DNA of the church. Um, there are different type of churches, churches that uh, they love the lost. Uh, they know mm. that people are not the project, for example. I mean, I mean, it's a difference between the evangelistic campaign and creating a DNA or culture of evangelism. Um, I think at the moment we start separating evangelism from discipleship, uh, that's the beginning of the problem. Again, evangelism is sharing what you know. Discipleship is sharing who you are. It's the lack of willingness to be part of people's reality. And that's where the problem started. I can teach you what I know, but I don't want to enter into your reality. And that's where we started struggling as a church. Uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, let me paraphrase this. It's, Paul says, look, I love you so much uh, that I, I don't only want to share the gospel with you, but also my, my life. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem of the effectiveness of the gospel when we share what we know, but know who they are and, and know who they are. So 
when you practice this day in and day out, um, the churches start changing. I understand this is something that we are called, although um, uh, although we don't have the gift of the evangelism. So I can share some of the things that we have tried, um, yeah. some of the things that have been the hardest to do, uh, yeah. but at the same time, the more rewarding to do as well um, if you want to. Yeah, well, let's do that right now because that, that's actually where I was going to go from here is how are you doing that uh, at, uh, at your church? Um, we have an initiative. Again, this is something that we understand this is not a campaign. This is people are not a project. Uh, we, we love the loss. Um, um, we, we have the same determination that Jesus has. We, something that we cultivate throughout the year, but uh, uh, one of the hardest things for me to do is to mobilize the church out of the building. Again, I'm very good on the attraction and model, bringing people in. I won't say that it's easy, but it's, it's getting easier. But mobilizing people out of the building is, is super difficult. Uh, let me tell you one of the things that we do, and uh, people love, um, is we have an initiative called I Love My City. Our church is Iglesia Ciudad or City Church. You can check it out on citychurchjacks.org or Iglesia Ciudad if you're fully bilingual like Brian is. Um, <laughs> so the last, last, time, last time we did this, we gathered 150 volunteers and we, we tackle 10 different projects around the city, um, and we send 15 people at a time uh, a Saturday morning uh, just to serve the community. And it's hard for my, my evangelistic, all evangelistic DNA to say, hey, this, is, this cannot be evangelism. What evangelism has to do with changing oil to single mothers? or painting a school, or um, go to First Coast Women's Service and, and organize their donations uh, for uh, expecting mothers. Um, but it has a lot to do with, with the gospel, it's sharing uh, the gospel with the love of Christ with no string attached. Um, if you've read the book Conspiracy of Kindness, there's hundreds of ideas. How can we serve the community? Um, and sometimes we think that I grew up with this concept, we went in Argentina door, door by door, um, knocking the doors and telling people they go to hell. Uh, and, and you know what? It sometimes works, uh, sometimes didn't work. But the fact that we go reach the community, we serve the community, and we just create the environment, uh, maybe wait for the right moment to enter in, put the gospel in the middle of the action, that's great. Uh, sometimes we, we never see the fruit. Sometimes we see those people come to church later on or maybe join in a small group. But mobilizing the church uh, along the side that we have to create a culture of evangelism um, has been working, but I'm not being easy for yeah. the same reason you know and your yeah. listeners know too. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, part of our job as churches is, is get outside the four walls. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's what you're talking about is part of creating that culture of evangelism is you have to take the church out out of its four walls. And um, as you share that, we did a thing, a collaboration in Minnesota with five other churches. Uh, well, actually, it's five total churches called CityServe. And uh, for a couple of years, we actually canceled, all of our churches canceled our morning worship services and went and served the city on, on Sunday morning and all these projects. 
people could not believe that we would cancel our services for the sake of the community. And it and and for us, it wasn't really it was great to do that service, but it began to change our culture internally to say, how can we press in more with that? And we opened a coffee shop for unchurched millennials as a result of that. We did other things as a result of that. So, so I think it's a really good point that you make there, Walter, that, that creating a culture of need oriented evangelism, part of it is just helping your people to get outside of church happens in the four walls. Um, mm-hmm. That that it's the here am I send me piece of it from Isaiah six, and and I think that's so important. Um, how about one other thing? What's what's one more thing that you that you've done? Maybe something that hey, here's something that don't ever do this <laughs> because it doesn't work, <laughs> or you know. So either way, what what's one more thing? Um, we um, we do training um, because we understand that no many people know how to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Of course, we. Uh, we encourage people to number one cultivate a relationship. Uh, sometimes we uh, we believe that we have to repeat after me or scare people away. Um, but we encourage people to we train people to cultivate a relationship. Uh, Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson created um, actually they published a, a new book. It's called Bless. Um, mm. They know um, what they do and they talk about uh, begin with prayer, listen to people, eat with people. Uh, serve people, um, share your story with people, hear their story. Um, but after you create a relationship, uh, we need to know how to close the deal. Unfortunately, nine out of 10 people don't even know how to uh, tell them how they were before Christ and now how they're doing. And I think there's a, uh, it's a role of the church that we need to facilitate this spiritual conversation and be able to evaluate quickly where people are. We make the assumption quickly that everyone who is in front of us, because we live in a Christian nation, quote-unquote, everyone is on the same page. But if you start asking people, who is Jesus for you, you'll be surprised at what the Scripture is for you, so you can quickly evaluate where they are, and you can slowly bring them through a relationship into uh, proximity with Christ and cross the line of faith. So uh, the training has been helpful as well. And we we let people know that we are being called to love the least. Uh, that's what the Bible said, love the least. We are, we're called to love our enemy. And we preach about love the least. And we, we preach a lot about love our enemy. But we don't preach a lot about love the lost uh, as well. So um, because we feel guilty because we're not doing our job the way we're supposed to. Mm, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, as, as you, I think it's important to be reminded, uh, Pastor, your people don't know how to share their faith if you don't help them learn how to do it. It's not natural for them. And so here's an idea uh, in your small group ministries, especially if you know in a particular small group that you've got people, your people in that group uh, have a relationship with Christ. And oh, by the way, if they don't, it's a great way to practice that evangelism. But have each person want each, 
each small group gathering, one person is going to share a three-minute testimony of, how, of who they were before Christ, how they came to Christ, and how Christ has changed their life after. What a great exercise to encourage each other. And then, oh, by the way, you might have someone in that group uh, who, who uh, won't be willing to do that because they haven't made that decision yet. So uh, I just, I think it's so important to train your people. Another really good book that just was very convicting to me was The Art of Neighboring. Um, mm. And uh, and that was just a great training book to say, hey, how do I see my neighborhood as a mission field? And how do I do that? How do I, how do I, it seems odd, but we don't know how to be a neighbor anymore. <laughs> uh, we're just sort of cloistered in our houses. So how can we do that better? That's That's a really important thing. Um, last question is, is, um, what, what, what do you think is one step, a church that says, you know what, I've just not been uh, doing what I need to be doing as pastor here. Uh, I need to take a step. I need to raise the temperature of evangelism in my church. What's, what's one even baby step that you could say, hey, church, this is, this is something you can do. What about starting with your neighbors? I'm, yeah. I'm praying for my neighbor. His name is Steve. Uh, I know his story. Um, um, I, show interest in his hobbies just because I just want to build a relationship. And when he gave me the opportunity, I want to plant the seed of the gospel. And, and after that, I will pray that uh, God will allow me to help Steve to cross the line of faith. But unless we develop a relationship with our neighbors, um, it, it's going to be really difficult to model that for our churches unless... We, as pastor, we don't know who live across the street. So I will ask you, you know, who was the last person that don't know Christ uh, um, in your life? Uh, who are you praying for? Um, I always encourage my leaders, hey, come up with three names, people that are far away from the Lord, just three names. I mean, don't pray for the nations and the global evangelism. Just give me three names that you're praying for. That's what I started. I started praying for them. And, and hopefully, hopefully that God will create the opportunity for me to eventually, like Colossians 4 says, you know, Lord, open the door for the message. But unless you pray for them, um, you wait patiently to create um, this conversation. You hear the story. You show real and genuine interest for their life. It's going to be really difficult for you to plant um, the gospel in their life. Uh, thanks for that. Um, hey, uh, if if someone wanted to hear more about um, how you guys uh, have created that culture of evangelism, some of that, how you serve in the city, and just want to pick your brain a little bit, um, how how could people get in touch with you? Well, super super simple. You can go to our website, um, citychurchjacks.org. You can send me an email to wangelica at lab three sixty. And I would love to talk to you about what we're trying to do. Uh, again, we haven't accomplished uh, all the things that we, we want to accomplish, but we are uh, laboring, we are cultivating the land uh, to make that thing happen. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, hey, I uh, always love to have our guest uh, pray a prayer blessing on our pastors and leaders. And uh, would you be uh, willing to, to close us in prayer that way? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Father, we repent um, as pastors, as leaders, um, if we haven't loved our neighbors. Um, mm. Oh, Father, we repent if 
maybe we love the enemy, but we love uh, more ourselves, our time, our, our programs. Father, help us to love the lost the way you love the lost. Father, like um, the scripture says, I pray that you you will help us to um, create those opportunities um, to those open doors, uh, to have clarity in our thinking, uh, to be wise, uh, and to make the most of every single opportunity uh, so we might glorify you and plant the seed of the gospel. Father, I pray that you will give us the spiritual authority to mobilize our churches, our congregation, to outside the world and start um, reaching our cities, our community for your glory and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Walter. And and I just want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, and remember, we want to hear from you. How are you seeing increased gospel health in your church? Maybe this issue of evangelism in particular is a way that you've seen God at work, and we would love to be encouraged by your stories. And you can share them with us at brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at convergementamerica.org, or you can go to our Facebook page, Advance uh, the Gospel uh, Facebook page. Finally, make sure to follow us on social media and don't forget to check out our website at advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Converge Mid-America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Converge Mid-America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.